It's a take two edition of Kicking Out at Two here. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, with my co-host, Dennis J. Levy. Full disclosure, uh, just about 45 minutes ago, we were recording this show, the one that you're listening to right now. And hopefully, uh, by the end of this, it will come through appropriately. But we were doing a watch-along of the Stone Cold Steve Austin Dude Love Over the Edge 1998 WWF Championship match with Vince McMahon as we're approaching the 25-year anniversary. It's one of my favorites. And for whatever reason, my recording software dropped out about 10 minutes um, with, with 10 minutes left in the recording. And I didn't realize until after I stopped recording. So um, hopefully it doesn't do that this time around as we, we're, we're going to do a redo, if you will. So a uh, little kayfabe uh, behind the curtain action for you here. Joining me to, to, to redo this and I'm very appreciative of his efforts. Is my yeah. my co-host Dennis J. Levy. What's up, buddy? I'm doing good, doing good. Since I, uh, so uh, I heard stories about like SmackDown and stuff like that, where because it's pre-tape, that a match would, uh, would be so bad that Vince would tell the, those wrestlers to go back and do it again in front of even in front of like the lot of. Uh, the lot I've of heard audience. stories like that. The before, most famous yep. one apparently was Michelle McCool versus Victoria. That 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 the match was so bad. The girls came back, uh, back to Gorilla. Vince goes, "Get the fuck back out there!" And they did it again. And the girl was like, "What the fuck?" I've heard some. St- I've heard some <laughs> stories like that before. Uh, one of the more famous ones was um, an edition of Primetime Wrestling. Ric Flair and Randy Savage wrestled for the WWF title. That's when Ric Flair regained the title, and the match was so bad that Vince sent Bobby Heenan out. And Bobby Heenan went to the referee and was like, cut it. Like, we're done. Like, let's let's wrap this up. And they had to redo the finish. They had to come out later and redo the finish. And now that you mention it, I remember going to a SmackDown once in Hartford. This was like 2001. And there was a match. I forget who it was. But uh, Albert, Prince Albert, A-Train, whatever his name was. He was in the match. And I think it was like a match for Sunday Night Heat. And... For, for whatever reason, they didn't like the finish. So they brought the two guys back out. And all they did was record the finish. And then they, you know, do their magic would, video editing. And that was it. I would so, love to see something. I, 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 would, I would love to see something like that. I, I don't remember all the details. but That, that was, wasn't the one where, where like, the, uh, the last thing that happened, Big Show got... Uh, uh, Eddie Guerrero sprayed him with sewage. Was that the one? No, that was a different one. Uh, and I was at that show. And I actually sat with... I was at that show, too. I, was I sat with the guy and that owned the sewage truck that rented the, the, that, oh, that's that rented cool. the truck to WWE, to WWE at that time. Yeah, oh, it was pretty cool. cool. You know, I, I had said... I remember sitting in the crowd. He pulls... The, Guerrero comes out with the truck. He's like, I'm going to spray you with the poo-poo, big show. <laughs> and the guy was sitting with his wife and his kids. And... Um, and I was like, that's not real shit, you know? And he turned around and looked at me and he says, that's my truck. And I said, no shit. And he was like, yeah, yes, that's my truck. And he goes, they emptied it out. There's nothing in yeah, there. It's clean. You can kill a man. He goes, that. it's wet dog food is what they did. So um, they used wet dog food. And, and they paid for the maintenance of, of, of emptying the sewage out of the truck, cleaning it so they could put wet dog food in it the whole night. It's kind of neat that I... And he was sitting, it wasn't like he was sitting front row. Like, he was sitting with us, like, in the bleachers. Really? You know, so yeah. it wasn't like, you know, if, if I'm going to rent, and I'm, they paid him a fee, and they paid for all the maintenance and stuff like that. Um, but no fees, no, no, no maintenance here, other than we're going to redo this watch along here with all of you. But before we do that, 
Um, <clears throat> what I'm gonna have you do is I'm gonna have you go to your, your Peacock and you're gonna search Over the Edge 1998 and you're gonna fast forward to two hours, nine minutes and 51 seconds, okay? And pause it and you'll see Howard Finkel um, introducing um, the, the, the guest ring announcer and timekeeper and then eventually the guest referee, Mr. McMahon, uh, for the, the Dude Love Steve Austin match. But before we do that, there was an there was an incident on this pay-per-view that one Dennis J. Levy has been a fan of for quite some time. And I took the opportunity to record this special moment in time um, for Dennis and for all of you here. And we will elaborate <laughs> further as we play this. So without further ado, for Mr. Dennis J. Levy. talk about vader in a minute just to give a provide a little context that took place on the same card as this austin dude love match vader losing to kane kane pretty much wasting him and this was the the descent of big van vader in the wwf we'll talk about that as we watch this um this watch along here so hopefully you guys have all uh, gotten to over the edge 1998 paused at two hours nine minutes and 51 seconds when i say play Press play, and from time to time, I'll give you guys a timestamp. We'll do the audio. Got got some stuff to talk about. We'll, we'll start off with the Vader conversation as we get okay. this as we get this ball rolling here. Okay. Um, so, without further ado, in three, two, one, press play. As Howard Finkel is introducing the the guest ring announcer, one Hall of Famer Pat Patterson, uh, making his way out as we see here for the start of the match. Um, why don't we talk about Vader for a minute? Okay. okay. This is during a period of time in 1998 where they're obviously going in a different direction. You know, Steve Austin's on top. Undertaker. The Rock is, is, is you know, just moving up the card. DX yep. making a big splash. Um, Mick Foley here. Uh, even his dude Love. Um, a focal point. Vader kind of falling into the background. What do you recall in your, the, the best of your recollection... Your thoughts on Vader and his his rapid decline in the WWF? Oh, what was it ever a rapid decline too? That uh, his uh, was it when he when, when he Vader bombed uh, Riddle Monsoon? Was that his debut? That was the night after his debut. He debuted at the Royal Rumble in the Royal Rumble match. Okay, and then the next night on Raw, he, that's when he attacked Gorilla Monsoon. Maybe because because in the WWE umbrella, that that was by far his most. Uh, most famous infamous moment you got to figure mm-hmm. that, that, that uh, yeah he had a good match against uh, Shawn Michaels and and, and gave it, some good uh, ones with Undertaker too and, and I remember a good tag match too that that uh, I forget what it was. it was I think it was him and Mankind 
going for the tag titles. Oh, against uh, Davy Boy and Owen yeah, at yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah, I remember that being pretty yeah. good. Okay. Uh, that, that, um, but um, but his most interesting moment was definitely uh, the, the 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 Vader bomb on Girl Monsoon, and you thought uh, when you saw that you're like, wow. We're, we're watching it. We're watching this mega heel like 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 he's gonna destroy the WWE and like 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 he's oh. a force. And, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> after that Vader bomb, that he just went spiraling down the toilet. Yeah, I mean, the I, I to me it was the stuff after Shawn Michaels after the after the rivalry with Shawn Michaels when they 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 didn't see him as someone important. To, to to push up the card. They were he wasn't featured. I mean, they put him in matches with like Undertaker. Yeah. They tried finding spots for him, but he wasn't the focal point like he used to be. Um, I think that's it, it. It comes from the the issues that allegedly he had with Shawn Michaels. Um, Did he hurt him or anything? The story that's out there was, and Vader's had a reputation for being a little rough with guys, but. Hey, point that dude's back the whole time. Man. The story that that uh, has been put out there, a lot of guys have discussed it. The match at SummerSlam in August of '96 saw Vader and Shawn Michaels for the title, and Vader um, missed the spot. I think Michaels Michaels was going to jump off the top rope and d- deliver an elbow. I guess Vader was supposed to move, and Vader didn't hear it or whatever. He didn't move. And Michaels, you know, he goes for this elbow, but he jumps off the top rope and his feet land on the canvas. And he, you could see it on camera. If you go back and watch the match, it's on Peacock. Um, or you can YouTube it, whatever you decide to, however you decide to watch it. And Michaels, you can hear him saying, move! And he's like yelling at Vader. And then you could see him getting frustrated in their sequence of, of, of moves. And... People have suggested over the years that Michaels went to management and said, can't work with this guy. The stories that I've heard following that was that Vader was set to have a Vader was set to have a run with the WWF championship following that SummerSlam. He, he wasn't supposed to win at SummerSlam, yeah. but he was supposed to the rumor was was that Michaels beats him at SummerSlam. Vader gets the rematch at Survivor Series in in, in November, wins it. Then he goes to the next pay-per-view, which was titled In Your House, It's Time, which was supposed to be an homage to Vader. Yeah. He beats Bret Hart for the title, and then he drops the belt at the Royal Rumble to Shawn Michaels in Michaels' hometown of San Antonio. That was the rumor as to what direction it was supposed to go in. But after Michaels had issues with him in the, the, the SummerSlam match, they changed the course. And then Sid got put in his place instead. I tell you what, I, I'm a huge Vader fan. I, I'll take Vader over Sid any day of the week. But that Sid Vicious versus Shawn Michaels feel was so good. It was. I'm glad that happened. Yeah, I'm glad. It was, that it was like a happy accident. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah. So um, that's that's the story on Vader. As we see Mr. McMahon making his way into the ring now as the guest referee for this match. Um, Let's talk a little bit about. Um, let's talk a little bit about this the the, the McMahon Austin rivalry early on. Uh, share with me your thoughts twenty five years ago. What was your take on on uh, this 
this rivalry with Austin and Vince on screen? Well, I, it's going to be a watered-down version of what I said originally. That, 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 that's, right, that's right, that's right. What we originally said in our, our first recording. Yeah, yeah that's that, that, right. That, but I'll mention it, uh, I'll mention it and again to us that, 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 uh, that every wrestling fan who grew up in, who grew up in, our, in our age bracket or, or higher, that, 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 that uh, remembers the day, the time, everything. If we just remember it like it was yesterday, the moment Stone Cold stunned Vic McMahon that first mm. time. Yeah, it's probably the worst stun he ever did. Yeah. But it was by far the most memorable. Yeah. And we all, oh my God, we all <laughs> cheered. We all stood up. Yeah. That, that, that uh, like finally it happened. And that, um, so, so, so indisputably, in my opinion. You keep the, talking. The, I have the, to go get a drink in the fridge. The, the, the best. The best rivalry in '98 in this era, in this time is definitely Vince McMahon and Stone Cold. That uh, that uh, yeah, you got whatever uh, the Wolfpack and and uh, Black and White and wherever the fuck. But my opinion, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon, and not even close. The best rivalry in '98. Okay, uh, we're gonna touch on some WCW stuff shortly. Okay, I want I, I do want to discuss with you what what was going on on Nitro. During this time period. We'll discuss that later. Um, you said McMahon, Austin, head and shoulders above the rest. The the, the, the best rivalry. Oh, yeah. That's why, you walk, that's why you turn in on Monday nights, in my opinion. Yeah. At this point. Uh, that, yeah. What did you think of this pairing with Dude Love here? As we see Dude Love with I him. liked it. It, 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 it. We knew it was a transitional thing. We knew, we knew like this was... This was the appetizer to the main course. So that we 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 let that 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 we knew each other just waiting for Stone Cold's like real threat. That 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 uh and of course then we find out ten minutes later who it was. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 uh, but, but we just knew we we, we we were hoping for a great good match and we got it. That, 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 but we we knew that we already, my opinion, I do I can't I'm not saying this because the money in the morning kind of quarterback. I'm saying this because I remember saying this. Like, 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 we know Stone Cold's walking out the champ. Yeah. That, 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 uh, my Uncle Cork, something that, that, uh, that, uh, and then we just got to get to Stone Cold's real threat. And what was his, that, what was his real threat, do you of think? Of course, the Undertaker. Okay. Yep. Who will have a role in this match yep. as we watch it. Um, I want to play the audio for the pop for, for Austin, uh, as Patterson's refusing to acknowledge him and introduce him as the guest ring announcer. I can tell you that. Making his way down to the aisle, the World Wrestling Federation Champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin!
What's that? And then uh, David goes out and oh. time is perfect. Yeah. God damn, pal, I'm gonna ring the bell. You ready? Facial reactions. He was one of the best, in my opinion, especially when he was when he felt like he was in in grave danger. Uh, as Undertaker making his way out to to be the um, the the pre match stipulation was was that if anybody in the back wants to um, you know be at ringside to make sure that he officiates this match, um, McMahon agreed to it and. Uh, it's, this sets up Undertaker's eventual involvement with Steve Austin. Uh, we talked about it on our on our ghost recording now, uh, as we, we recorded earlier, but I thought I'd share it with those that are listening to this currently. Um, share with me your thoughts on, you know, you've talked about it. You're a heel mankind, number one. Yep. You even said the dude love was number two in your book. Yep. And that Cactus Jack was number three. But what did you did, did you think that there was legs to a longer run as with heel dude love, or do you think that there was a shelf life and he had reached its point? There was definitely a shelf life, but granted, the shelf life was that uh, the common sense was well, was was who's gonna put out who's gonna put down the dude love character uh-huh. Undertaker, duh, yeah. just write him off. like after this match, he goes to you know. Do love goes to Vince. One more chance. SummerSlam. Uh, that, 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 uh, I, I know I can do it. And then the Taker goes, fuck off. You lost. Back in the line, bitch. Uh, that, 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 and then that's that, how it begins. That, yeah. <laughs> and then that's how it begins. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength with you. I'm thinking, you know, it would have been interesting because of the history that Mick Foley as the Mankind persona had with the Undertaker character and the great matches that they had, which, which you and I, we're going to talk about that at length. When we watch Mankind Undertaker Hell in the Cell uh, later on uh, in the month of June. But what intrigued me about, and this is looking back on it now. I didn't think of this back then, but this is me in hindsight, you know, playing Monday morning quarterback, so to speak. Is I think there would be some interest in, excuse me, Dude Love and Undertaker um, with heel Dude Love and kind of having the support of Mr. McMahon. Like maybe... Like you said, dude love coming to Vince and saying, please, you know, let me get a shot at Austin one more time. You know, third time's a charm. And Undertaker's like, uh-uh, no. Like, I'm here because I want the title. You get in the back back of the line. And then Vince, who's kind of showing his managerial support on an administrative level for dude love, you know, kind of, all right, I need this Undertaker problem taken care of. If you want the title, you got to earn it, and you take care of this Undertaker problem, and then I'll give you another shot at Steve Austin. You know, and and maybe eventually, you know, maybe it lasts another month or so, but Undertaker's the one that puts out dude love. Yeah. And then that's where we see the return of mankind. The, the individual that Undertaker had been most vulnerable with 
um, throughout his tenure in the WWF at that time. Fair to say? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that, that'd be something that'd be, be kind of cool. Like, they even like in that, that, that was like, that, uh, that obviously we got King of the Ring and it was, that was such a great match. But like, well there, well, there wouldn't be no King of the Ring if they continued that. That's the thing. Uh, that's a good point, actually. There would be no King of the Ring. You're not doing Dude Love Undertaker Hell in the Cell. No, no, you're not. You gotta right. give me a good reason to do Dude Love Undertaker Hell in the Cell. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> unless Vince is unless Vince is so sick of Dude Love not coming through for him that he throws Dude Love in Hell in the Cell as a punishment. And maybe Undertaker defeats that's kinda, that's and, kinda, and, kinda, and maybe Undertaker Maybe we see the maybe we see Undertaker destroy Dude Love in Hell in the Cell the same way he destroyed the Mankind character, and that's how you resurrect mankind. Yeah. Just 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 a thought. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. You know? Vince being like, you know, goddamn pal, like you couldn't beat him twice, and I was the referee and I helped you. You know? You couldn't get it done. You know? If you want a shot, you gotta earn it. You gotta meet the devil in his own playground. Hell in the cell. You know? And he does yeah. it as a punishment. And Undertaker Undertaker, <laughs> you know, he, he don't care. And Undertaker wants a title shot, so yeah. he'll do whatever. That's interesting. Yeah? Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. You would get you would, you would have the same spots and everything. Yeah, you do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You do the same thing. Dude dude and, and, and here's the thing, you know, during the build up, I could see something where like dude love had gone to a dark place, but he hasn't gone he hasn't gotten that dark just yet. Yeah. But he's going to this dark place to prepare for hell in the cell. That was always kind of like my problem, Dave, with that Hell in a Cell match. That that mankind, it's like he's like you, you know a devil, or like you know like like there's something mystical about him, but you don't know what's what's mystical about him. You don't know what it is. You just know there's something mystical about him, right? Yep. He was such a human in that match that 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 I actually think Dude Love would have been the better choice. Looking back, I know we're nitpicking a classic. But, but like, well, we'll, we'll talk. You know what? Let's 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 curb that discussion right. for for a later date when we when we do watch because we are going to watch Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in the Cell um, from King of the Ring '98 uh, as a part of the 25th anniversary uh, coming up in the month of June. But for the record, I just like that storyline. I really do. Okay, I you know what? and I appreciate that. And I and I, I I would I'm no expert, but I just think you. I'm all about what ifs, and I'm like, well, what if they did do love as a heel against Undertaker? You know, and, and the way and that match goes, it was it would have been, I don't know, like it would have been it would have been, been a great way to yeah. write him off, and that's how you resurrect mankind. You know, I don't know, that's just me. Um, it looks like here that this match uh, will eventually turn into a falls count anywhere match. Um, Got any good Falls Count Anywhere matches that you prefer to watch? Is it something so, so my mind goes straight that uh, uh, I always have a bad taste in my mouth for Falls Count Anywhere matches because my introduction to such matches, at least at least the ones that I, that I remember the most, is uh, Macho Man versus Crush. WrestleMania my, my 10. Mind, my, my mind instantly goes to that match. Not a good match. Not a good match. Not a good match. It, that 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 uh, that um, and it, it like we talked about this in the first one. Like how mind-boggling was it 
Yeah, we talked about it in the first podcast that I had to erase. So therefore, <laughs> there's no record on it. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, just not, fucking, okay. I'm just fucking around. Go ahead. But, uh, Go ahead. But, yeah, five seconds in the match. Crush comes, boom. Brett slams him. One, two, three. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, you think the match <laughs> is over. Yeah. You think it's done. Like, and then they and then they implement those Texas death rules where you pin the guy, but then the guy's got like 30 seconds to get up. And if he doesn't get up in 30 seconds, then he loses the match. So, like, multiple falls could be counted anywhere. It's, it, 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 it took away a lot of the intensity for me it as a kid been, in the rivalry. It just shouldn't have been, in my opinion. Uh, if you're going to have like a quick thing and tell us about the rules, you have Macho Man do that. You don't have a fucking crush make Macho Man look like a fucking idiot five seconds into the match. Yeah, and, well, they didn't, even, they didn't even really, you know, give an instruction on the rules. They, all they said was falls count anywhere. Um, and my first... My, my first memory of watching a false count anywhere involves Mick Foley when he was Cactus Jack in WCW at Beach Blast 92 against Sting because they fought everywhere and it was one yeah. fall to a finish and that was the end of it. There was no Texas death rules where the guy had to get up after 30 seconds in order to stay in the match. It wasn't anything like that. So um, when I see Savage get, you know, crushed by crush, no pun intended, yeah. you know, five seconds into the match, I'm like, whoa, what the hell? But, um, I'm th- there's, there hasn't been any false count anywhere matches that I can recall that really stand out to me um, that are like all time classics. I got um, one actually. Actually, no. Okay, I want to hear because I, I one just came to mind myself. Because this is a, this is a classic. I didn't particularly go Gaga for it, but Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan. That, 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 Those were you know what? I didn't even think of that. Uh, Those are some good matches. And I didn't think. I just thought that 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 they they stayed in the ring. It actually could have been better. Uh, because they're such good wrestlers. Like, why do you get? Why, why, why do you gotta? You know. Well, they were going off the person yeah. personal rivalry with the whole divorce with woman. And that I got. I give credit. Credit to when it comes to uh, Kevin Sullivan. And that that uh, he knew real life storylines are the best ones. I mean, he, 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 a lot of people say he booked his own divorce. Yeah, he did. Um, in, in many respects. Uh, but I totally forgot about that. Yeah, they, they had a few good ones. There was the, um, there was the, the Great American Bash 96 where they made it into the bathroom. That's the most famous one yeah. where, where Dusty Rhodes is on commentary. It's like, they went into the women's job in the ladies' bathroom, baby. Like, Dusty was going crazy over that. He's like, he just hit him with the toilet bowl lid. Like, he went crazy. And then there was, um, there was the match they had. This is an underrated one. They did a San Francisco death match at Super Brawl in February of 97 with Woman and Jacqueline strapped to each other with leather straps. Go out of your way to watch that match. That match is a lot of fun. The finish at the end, Benoit does the diving headbutt onto Sullivan. It's supposed to break the table. The table doesn't break. They got a stretcher. Both guys out. The locker room comes out to check on them. Like, it was a wild match. Wild match. Now that I mention it, now that we're talking about it, like, I totally forgot about those Kevin Sullivan-Benoit matches. Even though Chris Benoit is a piece of shit, we talked about that yeah. a lot of times. Those matches Actually, are still a lot. Of... Me and you, it sounds like Kevin Sullivan was a piece of shit too. I mean, he could have been a piece. Of... <laughs> I heard stories too that he used to he yeah, had beaten on her, and that was what you know part of what led to their divorce. But um, 
There was one in more recent memory that I watched that was actually a take on Falls Count Anywhere. It was a submissions count anywhere. DX, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H against Legacy, Cody Rhodes, and Ted DiBiase. I gotta watch this one. I, I, From Breaking Point 2009. What was the main event of Breaking Point 2009? Do you remember? Um, but anyway, I've CM Punk and Undertaker. Oh, really? Okay. And they did a Montreal screw job type finish because they were in Montreal. Oh, right. That was when um, I'm thinking of um, like CM Punk with Heyman, but no, this was CM Punk. It was like. Right before the uh, that society, right? The Straight Edge Society, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. I do remember that robbery, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, while we're on the subject of CM Punk, uh, talking a little bit more recent, what is your take on... Have you heard the stories about whether he's in or out with, with AEW? I thought he's finally back in. It's like, they got that new show on Saturday, and it's pretty much they're spreading up the roster... Because they, they need CM Punk. Yeah, that's that's the story, and then makes sense. That's the, that's that that's what was rumored, and then they announced the Collision show last week, and there's no mention of Punk, and to the point where like TNT has to put out a press release saying that CM Punk is not affiliated with the show. Oh wow, really? Yeah, and is it because of Ace Steel? Like, there's been stories that Ace Steel was rehired as a part of a condition on Punk's return. And then the rumor is was that um, they said, "Yeah, we rehired Ace Steel, but he's a he's, he's gonna um, he's gonna work as a consultant, um, and he won't be appearing at the TV tapings." Uh, and then Punk just kind of dropped out of the the whole. Well, I'm not, you know, pretty much, I'm not coming back. Now, I don't know what's true or not. Like these are all just rumors and stuff like that. To me, I feel like it would be this big gigantic work. That they're trying to work everybody when he comes back. Um, who knows? But, um, yeah, I just wanted your take on it. But you're not really paying much attention to it. That, uh, no, AEW, like, it's so bad, man. It's, uh, it's I would say so it's so bad, bad. But there's, there's there, there, for as many I'm inconsistencies sorry. as people yeah. you put on WWE and their programming, AEW has just as much. But great, in my it, opinion. I just want to find laughable, though. That 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 uh, I tell you, know, it's such a superior product that 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 when you're, uh, I just I think it's funny that that be like be like, well, WWF like you know protectors or whatever, be like, well, AEW does it. AEW is a shitty product. So 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 so, so, so what AEW does it, that just proved that that that's testimony that yes, what that, that what the WWF did was fucking stupid. So, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so that's your defense. Oh, AEW is doing it. And it's that, uh, fuck you. That's proof that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a point there. You definitely got a point. Um, anyway, that would, obviously, I, I lost my mind there for a second. But it, anyway, just, just, I just think that's so funny that, like, that's like the new age where it's like, well, well, the other wrestling companies are doing it. Well, the other wrestling companies suck, too. Yeah, there's so much tribalism. It's like, it, it's crazy. Like, we're watching this match from 98, right? Yeah. And 1998 was, you know, a huge year in wrestling. One of my favorite years. Probably, it, it was it was as hot as wrestling had ever been, in my opinion. I'm with you, 10,000. Okay. You had WWF, you had yeah. WCW, Raw, Nitro. ECW was in the mix, too. Yeah. And, wow, sunset flip off the hood of a car. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Um, and you had so, you know, 
I watched both. I was a fan. I watched both. But there were fans that preferred WWF over WCW and vice versa. Yep. There's, imagine, just imagine, what would our wrestling world look like in 1998 had there been a social media and all the, the information that you were able to get at your fingertips? Think about it. Like, we, the, you go on Twitter. You go everywhere, and there's news, whether it's root, whether it's true or not. There's information out there about all these different, you know, storylines, and 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 it, I mean, it, the internet was just in its infancy during this time period. You would, you were able to get information, but yeah. it's not like what it is now. Where like obviously there's wrestlers that have social media accounts, and they and and they tweet, and sometimes they tweet in character and. It's it's crazy. Imagine what do you think? Do you think with the advent of social media that wrestling in 1998 would have been as popular? Or do you think? That's a do, great you, or do you think social media would have would have killed? Um, not killed, but you think it would have left a stain on on. No, what, I on don't the think industry. it would be as popular. I mean, I still think it'd be extremely popular, but I don't think we had the 10 million views. The reason why we had the 10 million views. Because you get the three the three week circus, circus aspect of it, where it's like you got like sexy girls and you got hardcore wrestling, they and then you got like you know uh, you, you know your regular wrestling or whatever you know that 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 uh, you had such a variety. Yep. All right. So we have social media, and I'm not even saying this is bad 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 thing. I, I have three sisters. I, I some of the exploitation of the woman in the WWE really really did make me feel uncomfortable. That, 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 uh, but granted, that's gone. Yep. That, 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 there goes two million views right there. That, 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 uh, and then like the hardcore stuff, like you know, a kid would break his neck. Then, then, then I go a lot of backyard wrestling. Then, yeah, I mean the Twitter. And then someone's gonna post that on Twitter. There goes another three million views. Yeah. That, 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 uh, so I think the, the the ten million raw views, absolutely not. That, that I think that'd be impossible. Social media would have yeah would have hurt the business. I think it definitely would. Yeah, I I I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think, um, I, I, I think, I mean, there's no such thing as kayfabe anymore. As much as people try to, to or people in the industry, some people try to. But I think the wrestlers didn't ruin that. Well, I, I think it was just like, all right, 98, this kind of content, you said the three ring circus with the hardcore yeah. wrestling and the, 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 the scantily clad women, things like that. I think that was a microcosm of our society. You had Howard Stern and Jerry Springer, which was, you know, shock jock TV and radio. Oh, yeah, totally. And that was the, that was what our society was, that was what was popular in our culture at the time. I totally agree with and that. And yeah. wrestling mirrored that in a lot of ways. Well, I should say not wrestling as a whole. Well, maybe the majority of wrestling, WWF and ECW kind of mirrored that, where you had that, like, shock jock type of TV. Um, Crash TV, you know, Vince Russo was a big part of the, uh, of this process at the time as the lead writer of, of WWF. Um, so there's that. And social media, it, I mean, overall, I just think social media would have, would have really put a damper on the business. I don't think it would have made it less popular. Um, but I do think that... Uh, I do think that I don't think the talents I don't think it's necessarily the talents fault. I mean, they're just evolving with the way that the business is 
has evolved. Yeah. Is it fair no, to say? Or? No, 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 no. This is what I think. It's like their fault. Like, like they'll, 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 they just reveal that the, 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 like you know that um oh like like for example like Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega had a match at New Japan like Wrestle Kingdom right uh-huh. and they're like oh we hate each other I'm gonna end your career that type of promos yeah. right. After the match, literally after the match, both of them are doing a podcast together. Uh, yeah. That's fucking bananas, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's where kayfabe and, and information... I would say and, that's, and, that's wrestlers. I, I think wrestlers officially killed kayfabe. Not fans, not dirt sheets, fucking wrestlers. I, I mean, I think, I think there's some truth to that. I think it's also the culture. And I think what was going on in our society and, and, and other ways and other means of getting over, you know, and using social media as a tool to, to get people to, to, to attract people to your brand in a sense. I mean, with wrestling being on the downswing, you know, following, I would say probably like 2002, 2003 wrestling was starting to really, yeah. you know, go on the downswing. And then, you know, eventually a few years later, social media had, had become a thing. And wrestlers were using that to help create their own brand, uh, so to speak. Um, I just think it's bananas. That, that, so, that, I, I, you yeah. know what? You make a strong argument that wrestling, that, that wrestlers, the talents themselves, killed kayfabe. Because... Yeah, all, all these interviews, shoot interviews, and all that other stuff. They've been doing shoot interviews... I can I can remember two thousand and five watching all these shoot interviews and I'm just like why the fuck would you say that? You know what? Hold on a minute. This just came to me. Okay, we're talking about shoot interviews and things like that, and you know, it was it was it was hard to get some of those interviews because of there wasn't a a lot of street there wasn't any streaming back yeah. then. You know what I mean? So you had to like buy a tape. Or have the tape, you know, to, to, to watch the interviews itself. Um, it was definitely a different business, I will say, um, back then in 98 as compared to what it is now. But it was fucking... And also television was different too. There was no streaming. So the 10 million views on Raw was was a, a, a big thing. Um, but you didn't have YouTube and all that other stuff as Austin Wallops do great, great chair with a dog. chair. Um, play the audio for this here, the finishing moments of this match. This is a great chair check coming up. <laughs> Even Dude Love was smiling when he did it. Here comes the ref. <laughs> Pat Patterson threw a hell of a working punch. He did. Takes a hell of a bump on this, yep. this table spot for an old guy. 
Yeah, this place is exploding. Yeah, they're going nuts. To kind of put a button on our discussion about social media, and yeah. you know, I think you make a good point that the that that wrestlers might have killed Kate Faye, but I think the the availability of information and how such of a strong presence the internet and social media has had on the business in the last fifteen years, I think also may played a contributing factor, even to the point of the response from the audience when they're at a show. You know, you, you said it. They were going nuts, okay? They didn't have Twitter and social media and and even to some degree, like I said, the internet was in... The, the dirt sheets were becoming... It was... During this time period, they were starting to gain some traction within the wrestling community, but it wasn't as strong as it is now where everyone runs to Dave Meltzer or Wade Keller or whoever to read something, you know, whether it's true or not. And I think because there was a lack of that during this period in time, the audience was able to get lost more in the stories and you get the reactions that you got right there. That's a good point, yeah. You know, whereas now so many people... Or, a, or a, a, a certain portion of the audience read, you know, these spoilers and these dirt sheets and things like that. And they go to a show expecting some kind of, you know, outcome to take place in a match. And they don't have the outcome that they had read on the internet. And their reaction is just kind of like fades, in a sense. Is it fair to say? Yeah, totally. You know? Like, like we could... Like, like, I remember, like, 2018-ish, I got real into the dirt sheets. I knew, like, let's say Royal Rumble, well, of course, it's in January. I knew in, I, I knew in September the, the, the Royal Rumble card and outcome in September. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I did. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. They, whether, you know, I read that stuff for entertainment. Some of it I, I, I take into account. Some of it I'm just like, that's fucking bullshit. I think way too many people rely on those those forms of journalism. I wouldn't even call them journalists. I think it's just people with an opinion. It's fucking n- madness. If you go yeah. on YouTube, you got all those, those dirt sheet or whatever one the fuck you call yeah. them. And I tell you what, though, a lot of them, especially, um, what are they called? But anyway, they're, those, those, those British guys, uh, that, that, that they're, fun, they're fucking funny as hell. But, but, but they're dirt cheap. They got an opinion just like everybody else, just like you and I. I would say, I don't know who they got, but the, the those dirt, when, when they say, spoiler alert, it fucking happens. And yeah. It, it got, but you're, it, it's, 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 it's kind of entertaining during the watch. Yeah. But then, like, you watch, you watch the show, and you're like, oh, man, 
I yeah, I should not have had that spoiler. Yeah, because you because you because you read it and your yeah. like your expectations fall short. Um, and I, but I think you know during this time period in 1998, I think it would have put a real damper on the business. I don't think it would have stopped its popularity, but I think it would have been. I, I don't think it would have been accepted the way it has been now. I would do ten thousand um, percent. Appreciate you taking the time to watch yes. this. The recording is 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 good to go. So this is going to be posted up very shortly. Our next episode um, is going to be the debut of the Dennis J. Levy wild card, where Dennis, I've given the, the because he's been such a loyal co-host of mine for, for such a long period of time on this podcast, I thought it was fitting that I give Dennis the floor. Dennis can, you know, Dennis usually, you roll with the punches usually. You don't really have a whole lot of input into the podcast, and I wanted to give you a little more input because, you know, you, you do these with me and I have fun so, Dennis is going to bring his wild card out. And we're going to either watch a match or an event, or we're going to discuss something that we've never covered on this show before. And I'm looking forward to when, you know, in June coming up, when Dennis decides uh, what that's going to be. But by my hand only, I think it's about that time we put this show down for the three count. We'll see you all next time.